I've said this to a couple of people who have reached out to me about, you know, taking the sleep and recognizing that you should be in your own spotlight. Now is the time. I mean, people think it's a global pandemic. You can't, don't do anything. It's these kind of times are like the perfect time for you to just step out of your comfort zone. Everything else is in flames. So it doesn't matter. Why go and paddle someone else's canoe when you can be building your own ship? And I think now is the time, to be honest. Literally, don't think about it. Just do it. There is no time like the present, but this particular present is so good. Welcome to the Genius Women Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in some incredible publications like National Geographic, Far Magazine, and more. And this year, you'll see my name in places like Condé Nast Traveler. I'm on a mission to help other women who want to grow their travel storytelling careers go after their dreams while feeling supported, worthy, and bold. If you're ready to ditch your fear and doubt to the side, step into your brilliance and take action on your dreams, you're in the right place. Let's go. Keelin Rose and I met on Clubhouse, which she reminded me of in this conversation. Keelin is a talented storyteller, photographer, writer, content creator, and she's working with publications like Elle and Suitcase, as well as various other travel brands. Keelan is also the founder of Cruzo Collective, a value-driven agency working with lifestyle and travel brands around the world. In this conversation, we trace Keelan's path from working for an agency to starting her own business, the concrete steps she took to make this dream a reality for her, and what she learned along the way. And even though we just recently met, we really got into a lot of conversations old friends would get into, like the process of aging for women, bro culture, the future of the publishing industry, and why you should stop paddling someone else's canoe and start building your own ship. I love that metaphor, Keelin. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Let's get started. Welcome, Keelan. So good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Me too. And I don't remember how we got connected. I mean, I know it was on Instagram, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, here's this awesome person who is doing all this beautiful work. And I love what she's talking about on her stories and everything. And we connected a little bit and now you're here, which is awesome. It was actually on Clubhouse that we first connected. Yes, we were in the same room. Is that what you call them? I can't remember because I haven't used it in so long, but we were in the same room and I was speaking on the panel and then you put your hand up and you came up and you were talking and that's how we connected then through Instagram and just kept messaging each other, which was nice. And then we had our coffee over Zoom. We did, we did. Yes, which is for our listeners. I do these things. I call them genius women coffee chats. So sometimes I'm, I'm just having coffee with people all over the world. I told everyone about that. Like I've been doing some workshops with people who just want to get into personal branding and really, you know, brand themselves online in line with their career. And I said, you know, I met this lady. She does this really cool thing where she just sends you a calendar link and you schedule 15 minutes with her to have coffee, which you would do anyway during your day. And you meet somebody and that's she keeps it to that 15 minutes and it's perfect for networking. So I've literally told everybody. 
That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad that it's spreading. That's really cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. You're joining us from Edinburgh, right? Yes, I am indeed. Wonderful. And Killian Rose is a beautiful photographer, storyteller, writer, creator, and we're going to get into all that good stuff on the podcast today. But before we do, I actually want to ask you this question. So before we started today, you sent me one of your favorite photos, which was from a recent road trip you did to Scotland, which we're also going to talk about. So tell me, what is it that you love about this image? While I was traveling around Scotland, I was shooting for different clients, but I was in these amazing places. And I do like to have photographs for myself, featuring myself for my Instagram as well. So I started to really experiment with self-shooting. I'd always wanted to go to this castle, Craigavar Castle. It's beautiful. It is actually pink. People have been messaging me like, did you Photoshop that pink? No, it's not even as pink in my image as it is in real life. So I went there. It was raining so heavily and it was so cold. This was just last week as well. And it was one of the very few places that I've been that looks better in real life than it does on Instagram. So I was just like completely overwhelmed by that. And I just the sheer magnitude of the castle as well. I'd been to another one earlier that day, which was just ginormous. I couldn't even comprehend how big it was. It was like a Disney castle. But this one was a little smaller, but it was just so beautifully designed. And so when I shot that photo, I wanted the castle to be the main thing in focus. And so that's why I'm out of focus. But I just wanted to document my time there. And yeah, I just love that photo. And it was really moody sky and classic Scottish weather. So yeah, it's really beautiful. And for our listeners, we're going to link to it uh, on our show in the show notes. So you can check it out. But the color of the castle is just almost like pink salmon type coral almost it's so beautiful and you look very determined in that photo but also very mystical and sort of like the whole vibe is very mystical and moody and when I think of Scotland like I've never been to Scotland but when I think of it that's the vibe I get so am I right? 100% it's very mystical I feel like if it was a person it would be very aloof you would think that they were moody all the time and there's just a sort of a grandeur about everything there when I did the camper van trip, I've got so many videos because I set my phone up in the cup holder and so many videos of just panning landscapes and in the back, oh my God. And I've lived in Scotland for 10 years, but there was roads that I drove on where I was like, this is not, cannot be real. So there's a lot of that in Scotland, which I love. That sounds amazing. And you guys, you have to go check out Keelan's Instagram. We're going to link to it as well. She posts just absolutely beautiful reels, all kinds of different posts, but particularly from this recent post that she mentioned in Scotland and the camper van is super cute. So definitely go check it out. So your stories have been published in some amazing magazines like Elle, like Suitcase and some others. And you've also founded Crusoe Collective, which is a digital media agency for travel and lifestyle brands. And we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But I'm just curious, how did you enter this world of travel and storytelling? Like, did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? Or, you know, was there something else that you were dreaming about as a kid? Tell, tell us that story. I always loved writing. So I would always write random notes to my mom and make her write back to me. 
even though we lived in the same house. So that was all the time. And she pacified me. And, you know, in I studied like English living stuff at school. And while I was at school, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. So I started writing for the local newspaper. I had no prior knowledge of what a journalist you know, the sort of the nitty gritty of the skill set. I just thought I'll just give this a go. And then I was advised not to study journalism at university, that it wasn't a lucrative career. I wouldn't make a lot of money. Interesting. I hear that you're not the first person that tells me sort of that scenario. Who told you that? My careers advisor. And so I applied to do law and I applied to do English Lit. Law was in Belfast. English Lit was in Edinburgh. My mum and I had a very turbulent summer. So I moved to Edinburgh when I went to university to study English Lit. And while I was there, I during the summers, I would travel a lot. And that was the first time that I traveled in a way that wasn't going on holiday with my family. So I really got, you know, into exploring and just immersing myself in different cultures. I backpacked around Europe. I did the interrail thing, as everyone does, but I camped everywhere. So I just brought a tent, which was really fun. And then the following year, I went to New Zealand, Australia, Thailand, Vietnam and Cambodia. And that was the one that really straight away set me alight. And I knew, right, I have to get a job that means that I can travel. I looked up many jobs that would mean that I could travel around the world, including being an ambassador for Jameson Whiskey. That's how desperate I was. I knew I don't like whiskey. And yeah, I just started writing for different publications not so much in travel as such, like BuzzFeed, etc. And then I started writing for this other magazine where that really sort of propelled my, just my skill set in travel writing, but also my passion for storytelling. I then left. It was called House of Cocoa magazine. So I was there for a while. And then I realized that, and this is, you probably find this with US publications as well. A lot of the publications, they don't really go in to a deep sort of knowledge and interest and storytelling about cultures and about different destinations it's sometimes very surface level which for me as a traveler that's not what I want the work that I'm producing I don't want that to be surface level I really want to tell the story of the people the local business owners the independent restaurants whatever it might be then I started teaching myself photography because I think you can tell a, a different story and sometimes a more emotive story through one photograph than you can through like on a thousand word article. So once I started doing that, I realized that this was a place where there was a whole different type of creative travel work that could be done. As you see with like huge travel content creators like Sam Calder or Elliot Simpson. So started going that way. I had been working at an agency in social media on the side and thought okay well I can bring these two things together to make Crusoe Collective which is photography video social and digital campaigns and brand strategy and I'm very lucky to have friends who work in this space as well who are very creative they actually own another agency called the Wind Collective who I also work for and yeah they just inspire me daily and we really you know push each other to be better and not just to be better creators, but to be better travelers. And that's sort of my aim now, especially after COVID, to just actually respect places that I visit and tell their stories in the way they would want them to be told and not in a sort of a whitewashed Western way. Yes. Oh, my God. You touched on so many important and beautiful topics there. First of all, I completely agree with you. And I felt this way for a long time that a lot of the work that you get with magazines you're absolutely right. You're spot on. It's so surface level. 
I sort of told myself that, particularly as I grow in my career, that I will try my hardest to only do the type of work that allows me to get deeper. But it's hard. It's like an evolution, right? At first, you have to write a lot of different things and you have to get your skills and you have to build your connections. But then at least what I found is that now I'm able to say, you know what, this is the kind of story that I want to produce. I'm no longer going to pitch those like listicle, you know, top 10 beaches in Thailand or something stories. I'm going to work with magazines that hopefully give me that creative freedom to go deeper But I absolutely recognize that tension that you're talking about and how amazing that you actually took that into your own hands and you said, well, if I can't do this at the magazines, I'm going to create my own agency where I'm able to have that creative freedom and go deeper, which is so cool. Like, that's absolutely amazing to see. It's funny as well, because it's kind of done a 360 in that it's got me noticed by different magazines and who then have approached me for work. But it's little things for me now. I'm the same as you. I only want to do things that, well, things that I feel proud of and fulfilled by, but also things that allow me to go deeper. I don't want anyone to ever be able to turn around and say to me, oh, that piece that you wrote about such an place doesn't even represent that. And I feel that's the way the world is going. So I just want to future proof myself in that way as well. But yeah, it's interesting because there's a magazine in the UK that's having a big shift now where, of course, they have to be very commercially minded in terms of, you know, getting advertorials and stuff. But they're doing a big shift towards digital storytelling uh, beyond the written word, which I think will be a really interesting move. But, you know, people have been doing this for years it's strange that such a huge industry has taken so long to adapt. Yeah, well, and it's because, you know, who are the gatekeepers? The gatekeepers need to evolve for the industry to evolve. Somebody asked me this question recently. I think it might have been on Clubhouse. Do you think the magazines are dying? People always ask that question because we hear a lot about publishing industries in flux. It's always sort of in the state. But my answer was, and I really believe that, is that the medium might change. The magazine might not invest as much into its print uh, publication. But like you said, they're going online, or of course they are, they have been online for so many years. They're going into video, audio, even some, you know, I was in the room once with on Clubhouse with Lonely Planet. Lonely Planet was doing stuff on Clubhouse, you know? So it's like, storytelling is always going to be there that's like our very innate human need and so i'm not worried that the magazines are all of a sudden gonna like just die out to me it's more about who is going to innovate and be on top of it of the game when it comes to the medium how you put the stories out right i think as well like magazines like suitcase for example independent magazines they're thriving because they are so niche and it's not about gatekeeping it's not about who's spending the most money on advertorials it's just about a subject matter that people care about and I really love that and they invest so much more time in design and photography and they just look so beautiful and it's more like a a small investment piece rather than you pick up Grazia every week or however often it is now or a fashion mag on the shelf so I would love to to publish my own indie mag Uh, that's like my biggest dream and then watch the next week and all the print and places will close down. <laughs> I have to put you in touch. We have one of the episodes for the podcast this season is with Nikki Vargas, who is a founding editor of Unearthed Women magazine. 
which is an amazing publication here in the US. And in the Genius Women community, there's also Ashley Halligan, who is a founder of Pilgrim magazine. So both of these women, they're both doing just amazing things. But of course, it's also very challenging to run a magazine. We're actually going to do a workshop for our community on that, on creating your own magazines. I think I feel like there's a lot of people who have aspirations to work in that space. So I actually studied a master's in magazine publishing because that's what I was so hell-bent on doing. But as you say, the industry is in flux. It evolves a lot, sometimes slower than others. So I thought, I'll get all of these other bits up to speed first, and then we can do the magazine. Yes, I think there's so many different ways to do that. You know, even with what you're doing with the Crusoe Collective, you're building that brand. Who said, I mean, I'm not saying that's what you're going to do, but like, Perhaps there is like a magazine arm of it in the future or something like that, which actually brings me to this question. So you mentioned, you know, that you were working for different agencies, etc. And then you decided that you can do it on your own. You can launch Crusoe Collective. You had some examples with your friends, with the Wind Collective, etc. So I'm curious, sort of what gave you that, that determination and that strength to say, you know what, I'm just going to open my own thing. I'm just going to go and do it on my own. I think like I, at the time was, going on a lot of press trips I was using my annual leave from the agency to do that while at the agency I worked at at the time they were really great in that they allowed us to freelance and have other creative outlets because they just said if you are creatively fulfilled there you're going to perform better in work which I really agreed with and it was brilliant but at the end of the day for me what I was doing on the day-to-day and the nine-to-five just wasn't what I wanted But I knew that the framework of what they did could just be lifted and put onto a different brand or a different client. Like I knew how to run it. I knew about account direction and client management. So I just thought, well, I have all of these contacts in the travel industry. I know how to do this. So let's just do it. And it took me a long time to (laughs) actually have the balls to do it. But I had said to myself, okay, I'm going to save. I'd moved from London to Edinburgh. So immediately my life cost was half price, basically. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to save 10 grand. And the day that I have that 10,000 pounds in my bank account, then I'm handed in my notice. And that's what I did. And then, yeah, I'm nearly two years in and it was the best decision ever. I love that. I love that so much. And first of all, what you said about like recognizing that It took you a long time to get to that decision point because it is hard, right? Let's recognize that that's the reason why so many people are hesitating because it is a difficult decision. And, you know, I want to get into some of that too. But the other thing that I think I want to pull out here where you said is that you had a very concrete goal of saving, you know, that 10,000 pounds. And for all of us, it's going to be a different goal. But the key is that, and I always say this, I feel like I'm sometimes like a broken record, but the more tangible you can make, whatever your vision is, whatever you're trying to to do, the better. Because until you make it tangible, until it's just a fuzzy idea in your head, first of all, nothing's going to happen, but also you're not going to take any steps toward it because it's like sort of this fuzzy, oh, one day I would love to... But you actually made it tangible. You're like, no, I need 10,000 pounds. That's my plan, you know, and once I get it, I'm out of here. I love that. That's amazing. I just like what was putting me off first was the obviously the lack of a monthly paycheck. I thought, oh, my God, how would I do this? 
you know, I luckily have built up a quite a nice little freelance roster because our agency let us do that. And I just knew that if I had £10,000, I could use that. I can make that work for six months. And if I don't have work in six months, then I... I've probably made a very monumental mistake, but it was worth it for me for the creative freedom and to be able to work on things that I wanted to. Although granted, initially, I worked on anything and everything because I was nervous. I was fresh to the game, a new business owner. But now I'm at the stage where I'll just say, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't align with me, doesn't align with the brand. However, I can put you in touch with a person who would be best place for this and that's like a kind of power and confidence that I had never imagined having as a workaholic to actually turn around and say no thanks yes it's amazing to be able to say that you feel like you're aligned so much with your brand with your own vision and that's amazing I'm, I'm glad that you're at that stage that's really cool I think a couple of things that you said there first of all the importance of having that roster of clients to reach out to and for people who are listening and who might say well I don't have that roster of clients like what do I do what would you recommend to them I think the best thing for me was that I just had a little side hustle that slowly let me build up on that so if you feel that you're not ready to take the leap that's totally fine you have to do it when you feel ready but you can prepare for that in advance like I was preparing for this for maybe three four years before I did it What annoys me now, not to go, well, I'm going off pace. On TikTok, a lot of people are like, I just decided to start a digital marketing business and now I make $20,000 a month. I'm like, no, no, you don't. That doesn't happen. Stop talking bullshit. Because they also really romanticize the grind, which it was very big a couple of years ago as well to be like, oh, the side hustler, that's really cool. Like, you're so edgy that there's nothing cool about burnout I can tell you firsthand it's not fun and now with the last year and everybody's slowing down and now the pace picking back up again I can recognize when my body's actually saying stop take a break and I think if you are getting into this sort of side hustle to build up your freelance roster don't burn yourself out because you're going to lose that passion that you have for your end goal of being self-employed or owning your own business. And then you've fallen at the first hurdle, basically. Also, really great platforms are obviously Genius Women, All Bright and Girl Boss, just for networking. And it's really nice. to, And I think people are very much more open to digital networking now because of COVID. So anywhere that you can do that or Clubhouse where we met then there's always going to be someone out there who needs your skill set. Absolutely. Oh, I love that you brought this up because to me, it's also a very bro approach to this. Like, yeah, hustle hard. Yeah. It's very Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yes, right? And for a very long time, all of us were caught up in it, honestly. But I'm glad that now more and more people are talking about it because, gosh, first of all, it's not sustainable. And I found that I do better work when I'm rested, when I have a normal hours to work on and not crazy hours. And I think the other thing to touch upon here, which is sort of, we're kind of going into a bit of an interesting side discussion, but Liz Gilbert, who is one of my favorite authors, she says this thing, it's too much to ask of your creativity to pay the bills. And she's referring to like writing a book perhaps or in those terms, like a, a big creative project. She's like, you cannot put so much pressure on your creativity to ask it to pay the bills because you're going to suffocate it, which is true. Like it's a lot of pressure, right? And 
you know, creativity, it's this sort of delicate, beautiful flower, resilient, but delicate flower. And so I've been sort of talking about this in various formats for the past year or so that perhaps we don't need to ask our creativity to pay the bills. You know, there are so many different ways to support yourself while you're also pursuing your creativity. And I'm not saying that it's the only approach. There's just so many different ways to do it all. You can definitely work smarter. That's what I'm trying to do now, work smarter in things like, so I'm learning how to invest in stocks and crypto, trying to have passive income things like courses or Lightroom presets so that those things can take along in the background. I'm not super worried about finances and that gives me the space and the freedom to, to do the creative projects that might not pay big money or might not even pay initially, but they'll pay for themselves in that others will see them they'll bring in work I'll feel fulfilled and it's just a nice little complete circle yes oh my god I love that Keelan we're very aligned in this like that's how I approach my life too in terms of what I'm trying to accomplish I want to have the freedom to pursue the projects that move me and if you're trying to go after every single thing to pay the bills then you just don't have that I guess flexibility so how can you expand your capacity right what other skills do you have even like your example you know you realize you have these skills of creative account direction project management when it comes to like these specific projects you build up those skills in those agencies and now you're offering those skills to people and they're you know they're in demand so we all have skills that perhaps are unrecognized i truly believe that every single one of us has very unique skills that other people are looking for that we may just need some help recognizing what those skills are imposter syndrome is the worst so write down things you're good at and you'll see so many skills in there that people are looking for that's what i had to do Yes. Oh my God. I love that you brought this up because imposter syndrome, it's, yeah, it keeps coming back again and again in a lot of different conversations. So tell me how, what are some of the ways in, in which you found a way to deal with that? Well, even the other day, I was shooting a hotel who had asked me to come to take photos for their websites and for their press packs. And I was work just, I started shooting at like 11 a.m. and I was still shooting at 8 p.m. because I just, in my head, was like, oh my God. I don't have enough. I need to get more. I have to be more creative. I don't know if I was the best person for this job. I'm paid to do this. Like I've been paid to do this by multiple people. I don't know why I, in that moment I was like, what? So then I just have to kind of sit back and realize, okay, I built this business around content production, digital content, photography, videography. I wouldn't have done that unless I was good at this and I knew how it worked unless I was a man and I had, you know, that sort of energy, bro energy, as you say. Yeah, I just have to always dial it back. It takes me a little minute, but, and then I'll just sit and I'll look at my work or I'll go back to the people who inspire me, speak to them or just look at their images and what has ultimately inspired me to be in this place and then say, okay, actually, no, I have a right to be here. This is my place. I was asked to be here. I'm stood here with a tripod and a camera. It's not like I've been I don't know, put onto a building site with a hard hat and ask to make cement. Like, I know how to do this. So it is, imposter syndrome is weird because it just comes out of nowhere. 
and it's like this little devil on your shoulder that's like you're not good enough like almost teasing you and it's funny because obviously you know because you follow me on Instagram I, I post things as I'm shooting and people message me like, oh my god I love that picture you've got such a eye for detail and even then I'm like wow they're just trying to be nice to me you're almost like discounting their nice feedback to you right yeah so I have to get, I think that might be like an, a British and Irish thing as well to be sort of oh it's a Russian thing too to downplay and be humble yes absolutely oh my gosh something in there that you said that when you find yourself in those moments that you also reach out to people who inspire you so talk to me more about that, because I think that, well, at least it's, it's been my experience, and that's actually the whole reason why Genius Women Today exists, is that for most of my career in the space, it's been very lonely for me and very isolating. It can be, right? It can be a very lonely career. So talk to me more about, like you mentioned before, you mentioned the friends that you have with their own agency, and, and now you mentioned reaching out to people. Like, who are some of those people that have inspired you or maybe boosted you along the way? And were there any women that you saw doing something amazing and you're like, oh, I want to be her. I want to get there. Yeah, for sure. I think to start, you know, I would say sometimes to my friends, I've met this person on Instagram. And if they're not an avid Instagram user, they'll find that really bizarre. But I think in this online world, particularly in content production, storytelling, collaboration is key. Everyone has a different creative eye, a different background, different interests, different ways to tell stories, but also different knowledge about places. I'm speaking specifically of the travel industry. So when I, when I started Crusoe Collective, it was very lonely the first couple of months. Then I started working with my friends at the Wind Collective, and they really boosted my confidence in helping me to recognize Instead of me thinking, oh, I, I need to be like Gypsy Lust or another big Instagrammer, they were like, Keelan, that's not you. You're good at this, this, this and this. Live that, breathe that. And, you know, it's not about following. It's about the fact that you actually create beautiful content. And they helped me to realize that actually that number at the top of your Instagram profile is so irrelevant to the, the quality of your work. And it's people like that, like Clay and Barney, who I would reach out to. Clay and I speak daily. He's alive like the wind on Instagram. His work is so beautiful. And even, you know, he uh, was saying to me a couple of months ago, should I start posting more of my portraits of uh, different people on Instagram? I was like, absolutely, because your way of telling people stories is so beautiful. And it doesn't resonate as much as a story about someone else, but it's his photo of you. So, you know, seeing from his Ethiopia trip, he's posted really stunning portraits. It was great in my first year to have them. And then in the last year, so it was the first half of my second year of Crusoe Collective, a girl reached out to me called Kira. She wanted to be my business partner. We work really well together because we have different skill sets and different knowledge. She comes from the US market. She was a travel journalist and photo editor at Travel and Leisure. So we've got this, the both biggest markets in the travel industry sort of tap. So from a business perspective, that's been amazing. And just to have somebody to work with that has different contacts and somebody to speak to on a daily basis, because I really struggled with the idea well, many ideas that I would say and then imposter syndrome would be like, no, that's rubbish. But I had no one to sort of bat it off or 
develop it with or you know have that blue sky thinking ideas and then dial it back down so that's why I created Caruso Collective it took me a while to get the collective in but I just wanted to work with people who like me wanted the freedom to work on things that inspired them and filled them with passion and luckily I found that little click and hopefully it gets bigger and bigger and but yeah, I will never understand an industry that's sort of dog eat dog because people make things better with each other. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's not really killing because I think even in this industry too, there is sort of is the sentiment that, you know, oh, we're all must fight for the same opportunities and there isn't enough for everyone. And I was there too, actually, at the beginning, you know, that's really... I think that comes, a lot of it comes from insecurity, actually, that sentiment that, you know, because you're, you're almost like, you don't know your own worth, you don't know your own uniqueness, I guess, or you're not stepping into that. But for me, as I grew in the industry, and as I stepped into that, I'm like, I'm not competing with anybody, because even what you mentioned earlier, we all have such unique perspectives on things and backgrounds and experiences. And the way we tell stories is so different that Really, there is no competition, you know. So I, I just, I, I love that. Like on our shoot in Guatemala, there was seven of us working on that. All of us were doing different things, photography, video. There was two photographers, both shooting different types of photography from the same shoot. But it all works together to complement. All the elements complement each other because there's this like understanding and respect for each creator's vision and what they produce and there's space for that and I think that's what's so different about the publishing industry is that it's it's quite stale it's very much a gatekeeping community and you have to know someone to get in and it would definitely benefit from being more collaborative and less about I know it's hard to be less commercially focused but those things can work in tandem as well, I mean, as some of the biggest photographer and videographer content creators have shown, it's something that they can live harmoniously together. And so it would be nice if the publishing industry sort of moved in that direction as well. If any of the editors and chiefs are listening to us, here's your hint. Oh, yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's funny, your Crusoe Collective, that whole basically idea, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while too, like that there is a word in Russian and in French, you know, atelier, like a creative atelier, creative commune, creative collaborative, like that whole idea appeals to me so much just for all the reasons that we just described, that it's just such a beautiful way to work together. So what kinds of stories are you most excited about to do or doing with the Crusoe Collective? I know you mentioned, you know, that you work with different travel and lifestyle brands, but at its core, what is Crusoe Collective about? I think we are very much about independent brands and at the helm of an independent brand there's always a person who had that vision and who is living their creative vision through a product whether that's like a fashion label or a hotel brand and so that kind of marries nicely with the work that I do with the Win Collective that's very person focused and it's really focused on people and culture I think for me, bottom line in travel is, and for Crucial Collective, is that there are people whose stories have to be told. And whether that's told about a specific person, like we do with Clay and Barney, or through that person's brand, like, for example, there's this hotel that I'm going to in Italy that's 70, it's celebrating its 70th anniversary. It used to be the family's 
summer villa and they've they just transformed it into a hotel and it's all the family that work there they even you know the granddad retiles the roof every year it's things like that that just really make me tick and being able to sit and speak to people and sit within a community and absorb everything that they have to offer and feel welcome and not just come in be present take everything and walk away but to actually respect and give back and that's the core for us and our ultimate goal is to really only have sustainable brands on our roster it's quite hard to do that at the minute because all these brands are working towards being fully sustainable so that's great but we are training in sort of sustainability uh, sustainable development so that we can then train the hotel brands and the travel brands and help them get along that journey quicker because I think if COVID's taught us anything that's that people are the most important thing in life whether that's a family member a nurse a train driver everyone's got a story to tell and if you just take the time to listen it could actually change your life or your way of thinking Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer. No, it was beautiful. And I really resonate with the mission of the Crusoe Collective. Hire me. Hire me. I want to work with <laughs> well, We are hiring. <laughs> We're always hiring because it's a collective. Even for Crusoe, for me, it was about finding something. And as Robinson Crusoe was trying to do, and that's that word just to me was always about being in search of something and for us it's in search of stories that matter and stories that should be told yeah how can people get in touch with you with the crusoe collective if they want to know more about it so because my name is really difficult to spell i won't give you my email address so it's probably just easiest if they message on instagram we've got lovely girl who looks after our instagram so she sends it all through to me but honestly anyone if you're a photographer videographer a social media manager a strategist if you're a hotel that's looking for any of those services or a travel brands or even if you just want to have a chat get in touch and we'll talk Amazing, amazing. We'll link to Keelan's profile on Instagram. You can see that in the show notes. So you've had a pretty amazing journey in the past several years, leaving your agency behind, your agency's work behind, creating your own thing. You had so many exciting projects in addition to being published in the magazines, which we actually didn't talk that much about that today, but that's okay. You know, you had the Corona project in Guatemala and even your latest adventure where you went in a camper van and explored Scotland that looked incredible too on your stories. If you sort of look back and look at this journey that you had so far and you're like, you know, transport me back in time at the beginning when I'm just starting are there any things that you would have done differently? I think I would have had the confidence to say no and the confidence to know when something doesn't align with me and not to take on work that doesn't align with my core values and ethos because there are times when I've worked on things or with people that now I'm like, wow, that affiliation could have been very damaging to me. I shouldn't have done that for whatever it was, a quick buck or a cool trip or whatever it might be. I think it's really important to, and I actually teach this in my personal branding courses, to actually start everything with what are your core brand values? And everything comes from that. And if you come upon a client or a piece of work that doesn't, when you dial it back down, tick one of those boxes, then it's a no. 
I wish I'd known that before, but I, I, I do know that now and I can bring that forward. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that you bring this up because coincidentally, at the time of the recording of this workshop in our membership, the circle, personal branding and creating your personal brand is the theme of the month. So we are talking about that a lot this month too. And actually, Keelin is going to come and share her amazing knowledge with us. I'm excited. The people in our membership, they've been telling me how excited they are to hear from you as well. But that's so key, right? And I actually teach a version of that too with our staff that we need to understand, first of all, what is it that we want to stand for, right? And what is our vision and our mission, our legacy, like all of those things that I feel like we don't give enough attention to those things in our day-to-day lives. In the long scheme of things, those are the things that matter. Exactly. And I think not traveling for the past year was, well, obviously I traveled a bit, but not as much as usual. And just having a slower pace of life gave me the time to actually think about what I want in my life. I'm turning 30 this year, a big milestone, two years in business. And the past year just really helps me to be able to say no to shit I don't want to do. If I don't want to hang out with somebody anymore because I just don't like them I don't feel I have to if I don't want to take on a client because I just don't like them then I'm not going to I think it has really helped me cement what I stand for and what that means and now I'm kind of in the process of figuring out how do I live that how do I live that I kind of know how I live that in work but how do I live that for me to make sure personally I'm happy and my life just does not revolve around sitting at this MacBook yes Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. And I think honestly, it's a journey, right? It's a journey of maturing too. And a journey of like, I'm now I'm older than you. I'm 37. And I've never been more comfortable in my skin to talk about what I want, talk about my boundaries. I don't think I I definitely wasn't there at 30 yet, you know? With experience and with maturing, (laughs) I always joke that that's like one benefit to growing older. In our culture, which doesn't celebrate old age in women, right? Our culture is very much a young culture. Young is beautiful, old is horrible. So in that culture, the one benefit to growing older as a woman is like you become more confident. You become, you know, you're in your skin. You know what you want. And that's amazing. I know. I'm so excited. And I literally, like, I sat in this bar with my friend, Monisha. She's the editor of another magazine I write for called Arcadia. And uh, we were sat in this bar in London in September. And I said to her, Mon, I feel like my blood is fizzy. There's just this energy that's flowing through me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to do with it. I feel like something's going to happen. And she was like, your year from 29 to 30 is going to be your most transformative year. Stuff will happen. You'll shed things. You'll gain things. But that's she, she said to me, that's what that energy is. And since then, a lot of things have happened, good and bad that have altered my life hugely but it's all a journey as you say and a learning curve and helps with that maturity and to feel comfortable and confident in yourself and ultimately that's the goal really yes and what you said earlier about saying no to the people that don't uplift you don't boost you and surrounding yourself with people that do and it's almost like this conscious curation of your community and your environment you know And I, as a people pleaser, probably my worst trait to learn to let go of things that don't serve me anymore has been really like transformational to feel confident to say, okay, this doesn't serve me. 
I'll let go of that now. And it could be things that it's painful to let go of or things that it's easy. But I think you, you have to do that. As you say, it's a curation of your community and your community feeds you. And if something's not feeding you, it's sucking from you, then why do you have that there? Yeah, definitely. So, we're wise we're very wise women you should catch me when I'm 40 and see how I'm doing yes exactly you know what it's so funny you said that I just had this thought literally the other day I'm like I'm curious how will I be when I'm 50 like I'm genuinely curious who will I grow into and that's again like going back to like that actually gives me excitement to reach that age so tell me what are you working on now that's getting you most excited well, actually, now, uh, so I've had to start planning in time in my diary to upskill. So I'm training in videography myself. Usually I have someone else that does it. And I'm excited to be able to tell stories in that format because that's the way the world is going. And I always put it off thinking I can never do that because everyone I work with who does it is so fantastic and amazing. And I just thought, you know, they've been doing it for years, but you have to start somewhere. So that's what I'm working on personally at the minute. But obviously that ties in nicely with the business. In terms of work things, yeah, there's a pretty exciting summer on the cards. A lot of projects with uh, brands that I have personally aligned with for years that then obviously align with Crusoe Collective. And I'm just really honestly excited that the travel industry's, you know, peaking its head above water again. We're hopefully, even if it's slow, we're getting back on our feet. And it's just my mission at the minute to help in any way that I can. So, for example, in April, I just did reduced photography rates for any hotel in Scotland that wanted it so that they could refresh all of their content because it would have been from early 2019 in most cases. I just want to help and do that in any way that I can. So, yeah, the summer is going to be cool. I'm just excited to move around freely and for people to be safe and yeah, collaborate with people that I've met online in the past year, like yourself. To finally meet in person and collaborate will just be a dream. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, we'll be excited to watch watch all your upcoming trips from Instagram and hopefully one day we can meet in person too because I'm planning on doing some trips to the UK in the near future, so... Oh, yeah, please. Let's link up for sure. I'll show you Scotland. Ah, that would be amazing. That would be really cool. Well, Keeling, it's it's been so wonderful to chat with you. And uh, there's a lot more that I wanted to ask you. But, you know, it's almost nighttime in Edinburgh. So we're not going to do that. But I want to close our conversation today with this question. And it's sort of a big one. But how would you start thinking about... What does it mean to be a woman that's stepping into her brilliance today? I mean, I think that, and I've said this to a couple of people who have reached out to me about, you know, taking the sleep and recognizing that you should be in your own spotlight. Now is the time. I mean, people think it's a global pandemic. You can't, don't do anything. The financial market's unstable, whatever. It's these kind of times are like the perfect time for you to just step out of your comfort zone. Everything else is in flames, so it doesn't matter. And a lot of people have been made redundant or furloughed or lost their job. And why go and paddle someone else's canoe when you can be building your own ship? And I think now is the time, to be honest. Literally, don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, like there is no time like the present, but this particular present is so good. 
Oh my God. This is like the perfect way to end our conversation. And I sign on the dotted line. I 100% agree with that. That's always been my sentiment that if anything, the, the pandemic has shown us how unpredictable life is and you never know. And also, I think it put everybody back on the same starting line. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's business is sitting there like in the ethra, like what's going to happen next? So put yours in there, put your toe on the starting line. You're literally being, you're at the same level as everybody else now. I feel to me it was a reset in some elements of life. So it's a good time to start building. The world is never going to be so slow. So (laughs) take advantage. Definitely. And go follow Keeling for more inspiration and for beautiful storytelling as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Keeling. No, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again. And I'm really excited for you to come and teach your personal branding workshop for us as well. I'm so excited. And it's evolved even since the first time I did it. So I'm really, really excited to deliver it. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I hope you found some inspiration in this conversation with Keelin. And if so, please consider leaving us a review so that more listeners could find our show. I really can't stress how important it is for us to get reviews of our podcast. It really helps to get in front of more people who might enjoy our show. So if you've been inspired by something you heard today or in any other episodes of our show, please consider leaving us a review. That is one of the best ways you can support our podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week for a conversation with Berlin-based travel photographer Alina Rudian.